0: Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and
1: Anu. All
0: right, we're in episode 60 something. What is this? 63. 63. Ooh, I'm, well, no, I'm sorry. 65 nine. is the episode. Nice, almost we're almost at
1: 69.
0: That yeah, <laughs> magic number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Dope, dope, dope. Then we're really gonna cool. talk about a bunch of things, but maybe a bit more about grappling, I suppose. But uh, you were just talking about your training. Tell me about your training lately.
1: Yeah, it's been good. I feel like I was having the blue belt blues okay. for like a little while, where I was mm-hmm. like, but then I don't know, maybe it was just the blues in general. And yeah, I just feel good about training again. Like understanding, hey, it's like slow progress, like getting better and better. And yeah, I've been going against like a lot of young guys lately. I feel like my school has some like good young prospects. They're like 17, 18 year old wrestlers and big kids. And I feel like right now I'm doing really well against them, but in about six months to a year, they're going to start like smashing me a little. So I feel like- Yeah, maybe. It's motivational at least because I got to keep progressing enough where they don't progress so much ahead of me, but I just feel like they're gonna because- They're just in their prime, and they're young, and they're big, they're strong. Yeah,
0: there's there's guys at my gym. I see it being the same way. Maybe not like on a six month timeline, but I'm like, oh, in three, five years. I mean, that's still a long time. Who knows if they're even still in the game by then? But like, yeah, you can definitely tell the the rate at which they're progressing. If that were to keep up. Well, definitely because it was like guys that I would toy with and now it's guys where I'm like, oh, no, I'm on my A game against these guys. Like, whoa, that's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, that itself is like my goal a lot of times. Like my goals are not big. Like when I go against like better people, like the instructors, my goal is like, let me get one pass, you know, and like Mm -hmm. let me get maybe like one like little take on or (laughs) Make them just go like just sweat a little bit. Mm -hmm. But with, with these young kids, it's like, I'm going to go mad hard because you weigh 100 pounds more than me, and so I'm not going to be able to smash you for a long time. So I want to try to mm-hmm. – plus I feel like it shows them jujitsu works if a 145-pound guy could take him right now, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes – I mean, Elias used to say, like, sometimes a win is surviving. You know what I mean? And that's yes. in any realm because it's like – remember, jiu-jitsu was like self-defense, not self-offense, right? Like, or – you know what I mean? Like hmm. – if you can get out of a situation without getting hurt, then you've won. So he's like, that's sometimes just being it. able to defend everything for a whole round, you like, that's a good win. Like, don't, don't underrate that.
1: Yeah. I went against this kid that I haven't lived, rolled with in a while. And he's big and strong. And he always used to just murder me with, like, Darces and arm triangles. Mm-hmm. And this time in, like, one six-minute roll, he got, like, one solid Darce. But after that, like... I was like, okay, I used to get murdered a lot more than this. So like, that was like a mini victory for me too. Like, I felt good. Like, all right, like, and he was like, oh, I almost had the other one, but you turned the right way. So I was like, all right, good. I'm making progress, you know, Mm. like just moving forward. I just want to get good enough to feel like a purple belt. I feel like I'm like a solid year away, but I feel like I'm on the right pace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your skills are your skills, no matter what belt color you are, no matter who thinks you're what, you know what I mean? So you just build your skills.
1: Yeah, I meant in just my head. Right. I want to feel that way where I'm like
0: I had a guy that posted a meme, a guy I trained with that posted a meme of something where it was like something along the lines of like, Oh, you did a good job. But you know, the reality of it is, you know, he said I did a good job, but he tapped me like twelve times in our role. (laughs) Yeah. Crying about it or whatever, like the meme, you know? Yeah. And I was like, Well, no, that can happen. Like, like I that happens. To other people, like even though I tapped them, like no, you're you're doing way better because I'm catching you on like the fifth move of the sequence instead of the first move of the sequence. Like in your head, you're like, oh, I just got caught. That's not the total story of it. Like if someone says you're getting better, like it shouldn't really be to be like you know, floating your ego or just making you feel better. Like no, 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 you're getting deeper in the sequence. You're a better Mm roll. I enjoy this more.
1: Yeah, rolling is funny that way. Today, shout out to Nino. He's like a listener sometimes, and he's teaching the class today. And we were just working on back takes and rear naked chokes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're working on is just like driving your thumb like into the neck so you could slide it under the chin and mm-hmm. get the rear naked choke. And like, that's kind of a mean move, you know, but it's not like a move. We do that off, but it's, it's what you should know. But today, like since we were working on it, like three separate times, I got it. But as soon as I put my fucking knuckle into their neck, each time I was like, yo, I'm sorry. And then, and then I would do it. And then like, they, and like while I'm doing it, they're like, no, it's okay. And I just thought it was like, so because instinctually, oh, I'm just like, sorry. Funny. Yeah. It's just like, we're friendly, but it's also like, I was like, I know this is mean, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like
0: I'm going to end. Oh, dude. I, so do you know, like, all right, I do this. So if you have neon belly on someone, sometimes they start getting to their side and then I'll just switch and go to neon belly on the other side. Yeah. Right. So they're like basically turned away from me in the embelly. Right. When I do that, most people post on the floor to kind of like either circle around or just like kind of windshield wiper their legs. Okay. I rape choke post on their neck. <laughs> and I put all my weight. So they're like, oh, shit. And then it's just easy to move my legs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I should do that's that. A yeah, that's a very mean move. But it does no permanent damage the same thing of like a finger a knuckle going through like there's no permanent damage it feels shitty that's grappling i know i you know conversely i had a i had someone in turtle and mm -hmm. i usually use a half nelson all the time like to like Mm -hmm. try to flatten someone pin or just in general just make room to put in a hook whatever it is but in this particular instance i grabbed a full nelson which in wrestling is illegal I don't oh, really? think it's illegal in jujitsu, but I was just using the full Nelson to try to like open him up and put hook. The round ended, and my opponent, who I've rolled with so many times before, he knows I'm what would be considered a mean roller, right? But he's like, "I'm surprised you didn't try to crank the the full Nelson on me," and I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm mean, but I still have lines. Like a full Nelson is like, if I go for it, you don't tap quick enough. It's like." Could break your neck, like I don't know, like on the really. Cranks, I just the I didn't cranks know that have to be like strong, controlled. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not looking to do that. I would just be looking to advance position from it. I'm not trying to like can opener and break you like that. That's why I was like, you know, if I could, if I hurt your wrist in a wrist lock, I mean, maybe you pull a muscle, but maybe I break a wrist. That would be crazy. That's never happened in all the wrist locks I've done. But that's just a wrist, like your neck. There's even a line for me. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, I I don't think that that's a mean move you should even have a little bit of regret for.
1: No, I don't have regret. It's just, I think, one of those things where I just, I'm going to be like, yo, I'm sorry. Like, I'm still going for it, but I will just also say, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry.
0: Don't be sorry because then you're giving credence to it being like dirty.
1: Yeah. See, it's not. It's just one of those things. You know how people like Canadians will say sorry? So you know what else I started don't doing? Don't be my, Canadian. I know. But you know what else I started doing when I roll now? I like shoving people. Oh, yeah. I just and, and I feel like the shove is just a very underrated move because it discombobulates them. And then you could go for a takedown or you could throw a punch. And it's just like it's a shove. Like that's what it'll start as. So I've been shoving people out. And same thing. Every time I shove them, I go, I'm sorry, because I don't feel like they're <laughs> expecting it. But then I just go try to pass their guard and get on top of them. But I'm just... always. If like,
0: I push oh, people all the here. time. I especially push people on like just lazy trips. Like I'll just put my foot outside their foot and like try to like sweep the foot as I just push them for like just easy trips.
1: I don't know why people don't push as much do you yeah. think it's because they think it's mean a little bit or it's just weird uh, like aggressive? Well, maybe,
0: maybe if you don't have space if you're in a crowded room you don't want to push a guy you might step on someone else or something like I'm talking about yeah. even on my,
1: our knees when we're like starting or oh, you know like say, I'm yeah, always geez. just shoving a little like,
0: I like, Bro, uh. so like in wrestling you post out all the time right sure. you post right there dude right in the fucking forehead I, I, I push people in the face all the time yeah yeah I don't know I, I guess I'm dirty but like you can do anything i do to you i'm it's welcome back towards me is
1: never going to get to heaven <laughs> yeah i think it's kind of sweet though anyway like i'm always going to do them and obviously there's that respect like you said like you're aware of like a nelson could do damage like some of the other stuff is like yeah. just, you know, just toughening us up mhm but like I never care either when it happens to me. Like if anybody ever needs me or something, I just, I like that. Like, at least we're like, yo, sorry. I'm like, no, go like, you know, we just oh, keep going. Sure.
0: Incidental knees, stuff like that. That could do damage. I will apologize no. for, you know, yeah. but you know, putting my weight on their neck, even like <laughs> I've done like neon neck before instead of like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I won't go on their jaw, but I'll put it in their neck. I did that once. I was
1: like, yeah. yo, is this okay?
0: But I did it with like a higher
1: belt. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was like letting me work and I wanted to be tougher. I was like, mm-hmm. Yo, is this fair? He's like, yes, it's fair. I'm like, do it. yeah. I was like, all right, good. I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. So, yeah, it's self-defense, right? So, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was good training. I feel good. Just, nice. It's like one year at my gym now. So like now I'm reevaluating myself. Oh, okay. And, and I felt like I got my blue belt right before the pandemic. And then so there was like a year and a half of like semi-training. Mm-hmm. And now it's like formal training again after a year. So I'm like, all right, that was a good year. Give me one more year and hopefully I'll be like where I want to be.
0: So, And then you'll want to be better and then
1: you'll want to yeah, be Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, of okay. course. But at least like it's good progress. Yeah. Like I look at timelines. I'm going to be 38 at the end of the month. So I figure like, all right, two more years. If I could somehow like have like a purple maybe. And then like just feel like I'm getting better. Like I'll be happy with where I am at 40. Like, you know, like I'll be like, all right, that's a good standard. I just want to keep all these young kids, you know, I got to keep them in check.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, things also happen too. like, like I know a guy who had his blue belt and was getting really good. And then he tore his meniscus and then mm. it's like, now it's like a whole huge rehab process, surgery. And then like, and then he's going to come back and kind of have to like build back up. Like these things do happen. So like when they happen, yeah. they happen. Don't sweat it too much.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: It's good to be thirsty, get better and better, but don't beat yourself up over it either.
1: I feel like I feel a little bit lit, like, like, I beat myself up enough to force myself to want to improve. But when I do something well, I'm, like, happy with what I did. It's not like, I'm good. like oh, I that, should have done that bad. That's
0: the mentality to have. There are some people that, like, I'll train with, per se. It's usually blue belts where, like, good <laughs> they get caught and they get, like, mad about it. You are like, oh, man, like, the real resilience in jujitsu or any martial art is lasting in the long term. Yes. And so, like if you're going to get frustrated and be mad at yourself and like end up quitting, it's like you lost on yourself. Like the whole idea is like the Rocky, like, can you stay for 10 years? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can you do it? Like going from here to there, from this year to next year, that's like almost irrelevant. Like have the 10 year goal. I think I've, I think I've been training around 10 years. Obviously I've taken breaks for like a
1: year or so, like in between Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic but that's why sometimes I don't beat myself up so much because I'm like, I know I'm just gonna keep going back. Mm-hmm. I just wish like I was like a little bit
0: Yeah. And yeah, and f- train f- in realms, I would say this early. I know you're like doing more like stand up. Keep at that. I had someone stop in today. She's like, Oh, we don't do any stand up at my gym. Zero. Like, none. No. Dang, that's a shame. And then even Craig, who trains at another gym now, he's like, dude, I can I've taken down like the brown belts there. They're like, they're so impressed that I can take them down yeah they don't train he's like make I'm no surp- mistake they tap me real quick but he's like i could take them down i'm like hell yeah
1: i'm surprised it's like that in california there's like a good wrestling culture i figured like maybe we're am in staten
0: island like there is but most only places mm. which there's a lot they just don't okay mm-hmm. that's why i like my gym
1: we don't always stand up but every class john uh, burke our main instructor will show two takedowns and then we drill those two takedowns. Perfect. And then we do jujitsu and roll. Nice. Now we may not stand up when we roll because now the gym's starting to get packed out, which is good for business, mm-hmm. but then it's also like a little dangerous. But I'm always uh-huh. trying a little bit to stand whenever I can, have that mentality.
0: So, what I usually try to do with my guys is I'll do it in a way where it's like, all right, we train a takedown from a particular position, whatever it is. And then we train the reaction off that. Like, okay, they block it. They do this. They step back, whatever. Okay, now how do you change the takedown? And then we do one more option. So it's basically like three variations of one takedown. So you have all these options and ways to work around it. Then we work the position from the takedown, usually like a pass or going into a choke, an armbar, whatever it is. that we have like your sequence. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do situational roles where like maybe we start you know in headquarters or a particular like half guard to pass or whatever we do situationals then we do what we call uh, rios where like just two guys are in the center and whoever gets the takedown into the pass stays in and then the next guy comes in so there's only two people on and everyone else is off the mat
1: i, th- I like that sometimes too there's but like, like you'll pressure. cycle
0: through people and everyone gets their stand up work with no worry about space or getting hurt you know what i mean I don't-
1: I like that a little bit too. And then I usually do do a three win
0: cap. If you've got three wins in the center, you're out. Oh really? So yeah, that way, that way, like we just get more and more people to get cycled through after we do, you know, 10, 15 minutes of that. And it's exhausting. Well, I guess, unless you get out very quickly, but after that, then we just do regular rounds and you decide if you want to stand or not. That's a, it's a good way of doing it too. That way it's Uh, a little bit of everything. I mean, it is a two hour like class, but like that, that's why it's like you get your takedown drills, you get your floor drills, you connect them, you get situational on them, you practice your live takedowns, and then you practice your live rolls.
1: Anthony Buckwitz at zero G, he used to do something similar to the Rios, but when we would do the positional rounds, it'd be like one person on the ground, and then you'd be in groups of four, though. So then it'd be like two and a half minutes for one, oh, okay. two minutes for the other. And then that way, like, you always having to go up against fresh bodies, yes. I think is good for you because you're tired and now you really have to do the jiu-jitsu or wrestling as opposed to just, like, strengthening your way out. Like, I don't know. It just helps you become a little bit more mentally strong. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like some of that technique. Um, and at Sambo Steve's gym, they used to do, he used to do, like, a fun game where he would give two people, I like the games when we trained right. sometimes, yeah. but he would give, a, he would have, like, a, a hat. And then there would be like all these papers in it. And then you pick out the paper and then you read what sub you're allowed to do. And you're only allowed to do Mm. that sub. And the other person's allowed to do only that sub, but you don't know what the other person has. And so it's like, also like you have to disguise it. You can't just totally
0: do it. And it's like, I've never seen that game. That's actually a great game. I love it.
1: Plus like I don't go after arm bars a lot. And Mm. so if I get that paper, it's kind of like, I have to work at it. I got to think about it. I got to look for
0: it. Like, no, I like the idea that the other guy has a sub that you don't have an idea about. Like I've done roles where it's like, okay, only arm bars. Like, you know, mm-hmm. okay. Like you're both doing that to have each person do a different one and not know it. That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. It's fun. Switch it up a little bit. We do
0: call out sometimes too, for situational roles where it's like, you know, I'll ask a person or the coach will ask a person. And it's like, okay, what position you want to do? they will be like North South. Okay. We're starting in North South. Okay. And like they just call it out. Like, all right, what position do you want? They're like, a uh, half guard Z guard or, you know what I mean? Whatever. Okay. That's what we're starting right now. Go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So that's, yes. that's one Too. just a good way to get different positions that you may not normally get into.
1: Yeah. Switch it up a little bit. No, make it, make it a gamify it,
0: but yeah, man, the stand up. Yeah. We let's talk about this like a little bit. So we posted a story on the Instagram account, philosophy fighting of uh, two LEOs <laughs> trying to subdue a guy that didn't want to go down. They're basically trying to pin him to the floor. It was a man and a woman trying to do this. And I thought they failed almost epically. Uh, That guy just shoved them off, got to his fake gun and was able to shoot them. And it was a great demonstration of like, these people do not have enough training.
1: And it was pathetic. Like, I don't know, when I was watching it, I was like, how are these people going to be the cops? And like, it was like, no wonder they're often find themselves in trouble sometimes because this person wasn't trying hard to get the gun. Like, this wasn't, like, some athlete cop that was, like, clearly stronger than the other man and woman that was, like, trying to hold him down. He was, like, kind of crawling, I don't want to say gently, but he was just, like, a dad playing with his kid a little bit. Like, I'm going to walk forward. I'm not going to try so hard, but I'm also not going to make it easy. Mm -hmm. And it just looks so easy. The one male cop was, like, holding his legs, and then the female cop, I think, was, like, trying to hold his hips a little bit.
0: Not even. She was like grabbing his shirt, then she lunged for his arm and then the guy went from like the hips to lunge at his arm, like the arm for control? Like, my gosh, it was bad. And this guy was on all fours. Yeah. And so it's like, dude, all
1: you literally have to do is just kind of like jump on his back and like put your feet in. It gave me the
0: impression that those two people particularly these are just two individuals and who knows maybe this was like their first time doing the demonstration maybe they didn't get any training before this they just did like a live drill like okay now we're going to train and show you how to do it maybe that's the story there i don't know but it's a great demonstration that they do need help Mm -hmm. and i just took away i'm like oh if i'm that guy and these two people are trying to get me down not only am i going to get up super easily but I could probably kill both of these people without the gun at yeah. the time. Like that was like their level of training with, Whoa, I should never win a two on one. And they were so timid. It was really
1: just yeah, pathetic. And I don't know. I feel like some of that stuff's instinctual. I don't know if you remember this, but Arturo, when he was like first starting to train, I think we were in like high college. Mm-hmm. It was like 20 something years ago. And he was like, Anoop, you could get me in any position and I'll get out. And I remember that like, I didn't know anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But my very first instinct was basically, I was like, all right, let me get your back. And I think I put my legs around him. So it was like, I had my hooks and like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's something instinctual like, oh, okay, this is powerful. And then obviously, right. like Arturo got out. But like just seeing that guy like hold the other guy's ankles and legs and like try, like it just felt so hopeless. Like that's the first instinct you'd have.
0: Yeah, it is weird. It was almost like, let me just hug a limb and just use my weight to like exhaust him. Like, is that the mentality maybe? Like, I I don't know. I don't know what their goal is. It's hard to tell. Like they're just, yeah, it's that bad. I think the gym has
1: also made people how like unaware of just how vulnerable they are. Like, I think people go to the gym and they put up like 275, And they're like, holy shit, like I'm mad fucking strong. Oh,
0: yeah. But it's different when there's like,
1: yeah, there's somebody moving and fighting against you and making it difficult. Like that bar doesn't fight back. And so, like, you have just people that are wiry.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It can't change center of gravity. It can't move on a different vector that you're not pushing against. Yeah, like these things change.
1: And leverage you just yep. cause if somebody's smaller, but they know how to like, use their body properly, yep. like they're going to be able to move you, and yeah I, I think that happens to some people where they get like the vanity muscles
0: and oh. they feel really Dude, strong.: I work in the gym. you know how many times? Or be, the guy would be like, "Yo, I could just push you off. My bench is over 300." <laughs> and I was like, "I promise you you won't get an inch." And they're like, "No way." And every now and again they'll test it and they're like, "Yo how, how) <laughs> Like how? Like just like I'm not telling you. Like and just yeah, I'm like actually the truth is you're just weak. You know? <laughs> yeah, we
1: change the weights here. They're not really 300. Yeah. It's actually 185, but we do it to make you feel good. Like you know how in mm-hmm. the mall, like the mirrors make you look thinner, so you look better in the clothes. Like it's the same thing gyms do. Like your weight is yeah. not really how much you're lifting.
0: I, I think most people know that weights don't equate to that type of stuff, but some people do, and it. Yeah, I I try to also, you know, help their ego a little bit. Like, look, your weightlifting has no impact here, but also my training here has no impact on my weightlifting either. So like, you know what I mean? Don't think, yeah, yeah, there's no all encompassing. But yeah, I find that funny. But I think my main takeaway from Mm -hmm. that video to get back to that is that wrestling is the most important thing, especially in that like law enforcement. Like I know a lot of people like, oh, jujitsu, maybe a blue belt should be needed. But especially nowadays, where a lot of gyms are like point jujitsu, gi jujitsu, and some gyms don't even train takedowns, would that even really help a police officer? I think wrestling is way more important. I think being able to pin a guy is way more important than you know doing your arm bars and triangles incessantly, guard pulling or anything like. You're not going to do any of that. Yeah. I think it depends on the type of training. Like,
1: isn't there some wrestling where like the goal is just to take them down, but then it's not to maintain control where in jujitsu, the goal is to maintain control. But yeah. Well, Gi I think would be helpful for cops because you could then use the chances are you're not going to take down somebody that's naked, you know? So like knowing how to manipulate clothes, jackets, whatever.
0: Freestyle or Greco or even folk style wrestling. I think all of those will be better suited for that and not only just law enforcement but just fighting in general i think Dude, wrestling not- is king and yeah the, the fact of the matter is i can beat a lot of great jiu-jitsu guys with just wrestling but no i, I, I met a, a, a national champion and took him down in five seconds right like wrestling still owns in every grappling department and i'm not even that great do you know what I mean? Like But just, you have skills and you
1: have skills in other things. So you can't correct. say you can't right. say I only used wrestling because you're trained everything. But I get what you're saying. Yes. I believe wrestling is also king, but it's scrappling. So you learn everything. Like, you know, like sure. Sambo, like Judah, like all of these things can be applicable to some police officer or anybody in general. Sure. But it, it starts with being able to control them and being able to control them starts with wrestling.
0: Yes. So basically my point would be like if you're only having the budget to get two years of training, which you might equate like as a blue belt, I would say those two years are probably better spent with a real emphasis on wrestling, being able to pin a guy and not even just like the takedown aspect. Yes, of course, takedowns, but a lot more like floor wrestling, being able to turn someone into a pin or get their back exposed to handcuff them like that's like, like the real wrestling that they need. Sure.
1: But wouldn't the handcuff also be considered like jujitsu or sambo too? Like, judo, like isn't that Not just really. like all well, the
0: same now? I mean. In my head, it feels that way. Look, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're going to get handcuffs. I mean, it does if you have a gun on you and they can pull a gun on. If they could pull that gun from your holster, like that's a problem. But being able to, you know, in wrestling, like you get taken down, you go belly down to avoid the pin. And then you like start in referees position and all this stuff. So like the reaction of a non-wrestler isn't going to go to belly down because then they're just going to expose themselves to being handcuffed behind their back. Person will probably more than likely like ball up or just try to push away or whatever. And you're going to end up in more of like your side control pin type scenario. But that's still a great position that you can subdue someone like you can tire them out. You could exhaust someone. You can wait for backup and you could probably still get the handcuffs on them. Heck, if you're really good at wrestling, you can handcuff their feet.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, when I said handcuffed, I thought you are talking about like the Dagestani handcuffs. So oh, I, was okay, just, okay,
0: okay. I was just saying <laughs> in that
1: sense, but I, look, I agree with you. If it's a blue belt, of course, you're not training them guard stuff, you know, and like yeah. ru- rubber guard, you're teaching them. No, take them down and then control them. And you could get Kimuras and guillotines and rear naked and control like yeah. the main things, you know, to like yeah. know how to use it. Like, I think that's the important stuff.
0: Well, this is also why I think it's a little weird that like a lot of gi jiu-jitsu places don't do that because your average member is actually only probably a few years. And so if they're going to leave, wouldn't it be in your best interest to equip them with the best possible limited time knowledge? You know what I mean? So like you're going to teach them arm bars and stuff, but you can't take them take down yet. So, there's two things about this. I think one is economic, and I think one is cultural. That's the problem, though. The economics come first. Yeah.
1: The economic part is you're more likely to get hurt in the stand up. And yes. so, somebody hurts and they miss six months. And if it's $150 at the gym per month, then what's six times 150? Like what? $900 you just right. lost out on. And people are intimidated. Like we tell our friends to come train all the time. And, like, and I think the stand up would only make it more intimidating. You're right. Now, this, the second thing I think is a cultural thing. And tell me if I'm wrong. I just okay. heard this about the uh, old Iraqi army. And this was like U.S. soldiers talking about the Iraqi army and like the Afghan army. Because at times the U.S. soldiers had to go in and train these armies, right? Because like mm-hmm. we went in to bring democracy. And then the idea was to train their army to be better. -hmm. And uh, like there was like a tank division. So like the US Army like printed out these pamphlets, and this one captain was like handing out the pamphlets, like, this is how you use these machines. And then right behind him, another guy came and grabbed those pamphlets and then threw them in the trash. And the US captain was like, Well, why did you do that? He's like, These guys don't even know how to read anyway. But it was also the fact where if you are the guy that knows how to do something and nobody else knows how to do that, you are important and mm. you can't like, and I think like what you're saying about like the three years, I don't know if this is true or not, but that's what I'm asking. If you think maybe this was like the way in the past where people maybe didn't want to share like all their moves.
0: That is true. All there their, were people like that in the past. Yeah.
1: And all their techniques. And they were like, well, you might use it against me. And so I don't know. And maybe there's some jujitsu black belts that have gyms that are not good at wrestling. And maybe they're like, yeah, I don't want to get I don't want to get taken down and look just even look bad, even though they're going to murder whoever does take them down. Maybe they're like, I don't want this 18 year old kid taking me down. Well, I, I get it.
0: A lot of these schools are competition point based gyms. So the takedown is not vital. That's the difference between like the self-defense aspect. That's why for LEOs, especially where you know, we shouldn't worry about if they're getting hurt in the stand up, because that's a requirement of their job. It should be a requirement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like if you're not resilient enough in that aspect, you're not cut out for that job.
1: Or at least you get disability. So it's not like, oh, my God, I lost seven months. Well, that's what you got to do. So then when you get healthy again, you're going to go again.
0: Exactly. So I get it from the economic standpoint of reaching just like civilians. Sure. But even then, it just needs to be made clear, like, don't put self-defense on your doors if that's not what you're teaching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot of jiu-jitsu gyms do have that. Now, I've also encountered coaches, just to touch up on another one of your points. (sighs) Yeah. To this day, like, this happened, like, a month ago where one of the instructors, maybe he's a brown belt or something, he's like, oh, I got this really cool move, but I don't want to teach it until, like, after Worlds. Why? Like, ah, I just don't want people to, like, know about it until, like, I can use it, you know? And you're like, dude, you think it's going to spread, like, wildfire and your opponent's <laughs> going to, like, catch wind of it or something? Like, so the ego is like, all right, man, sure, but well yes, how good are they cool. like
1: really good where they're like when you're saying like world's like they're are good. they like Say
0: that again. They're good. They're good. Are are they, they world level? I mean he, I think this this guy won like an open in another city just recently or whatever like. Oh okay, so yeah, it's so, very good.
1: But it's not like they're doing like ADCC level. No. Yeah, so then that's it just reminds me of like those kids in high school that would sell weed and they would be like, don't call me on this phone. I'm like, Yo, nobody yeah. cares about your weed game, bro. Like, just sell me this weed like mm-hmm. you're a, a tiny fish. You know, like get better. Like, I don't know. Plus, if you're if you're I get the idea if you want to hide it. But if you hide it, you don't know if it's effective. Yeah. So let eight people try to break it. You know, and like and, and then if you get it on eight people, holy fuck, you have something and mm-hmm. who cares if they watch it? They'll be that scared where they'll open up and now you could get them in something else because they're going to be terrified of that one particular move.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a small portion of people that that would be the case, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not like prevalent, but I do think wrestling needs more emphasis in the grappling community and way more in the LEO community. All right. I'm going to bring it to my gym. I'm going to keep doing
1: it. I feel like I, I feel like people know I like to do it, but I got to do it more. I like when sometimes too, I'm on my knees and the people are standing like above me and they think I'm not going to just grab their legs. Like that's become my easiest Mm -hmm. takedown where I'm like, you're walking right up to me. So
0: yeah, we call it wrestling up. Yeah.
1: That's how you call okay,
0: yeah. Yeah, when and, you're on when you're like in a knee position or you're on your ass and your plan is to still take them down, like you're still trying to not sweep them, but like get up and wrestle, yeah, wrestling up.
1: I've gotten, I don't know if I've just gotten pretty decent at it or if
0: nobody's expecting it. It's a little bit of both, probably. I'm yeah. sure it's a very effective, and it's I just love easy because yeah.
1: at that position, it's easy to grab both legs, like you know, where if you're standing up face to face, you yeah. gotta go, you gotta level change. Where it's like, I don't even have to level change. I get to just hug your fucking legs and pull mm-hmm. you in and use my head.
0: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, good. Be that guy because I do think a lot of times there's some really artistic jujitsu people I verse and I just beat them with wrestling. Of course, yes, you're right. I do have a base in jujitsu. So, like, mm-hmm. it allows the wrestling to shine more, I suppose, in that instance. But, yeah their lack of wrestling is the reason why they're not killing me
1: yeah i was happy with my coach john burke he said like the other day when we were he was showing a wrestling move and he's like look i just don't want you guys to be like fucking invalids when you go for a take like you know he's yeah. like i'm not expecting you to be master but it's like he's like this doesn't work if we can't take them down and i just like that mm-hmm. honesty and just like brutality like yeah this doesn't and so who cares like how good you are at some of these like things, like if you can't get it down, like then none of this matters. So mm-hmm. you have to do it. But in the end, I think paper scissor, because if you get a great wrestler and he's done zero jujitsu, I think the jujitsu guy wins. but if you have a wrestler that's done 20% jujitsu and 80% wrestling, he will always win. Yeah. So-
0: maybe it, it depends. Um, I would also say if you happen to be the jujitsu guy with no wrestling and you're encountering a wrestler, Instead of trying to just beat them with jujitsu, see if you can just not have them take you down first before you have to rely on jujitsu. I think a lot of guys just like concede the takedown or they'll just go straight to their butt so that they don't get passed. I agree. Where I think it's like one of those things like, imagine being able to stuff a wrestler. Or like, you know, like that that's really valuable. That's a win. Imagine being just good enough at wrestling where you can't take anyone down, but no one can take you down. I just love the wrestlers that
1: come into the gym because I feel like they understand, like, they're just going to be so good at everything. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm always, like, proud of them. I'm Like, Yo, this kid's going to be sick. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to do both. You can't just focus Agreed. in one, one direction, yeah. you know? You, you I to was it. even,
0: after kickboxing this, I was talking with one of the guys. It's funny, because kickboxing this weekend, it's like, I felt like I was the second best person in the room, but the first best per- like, like, I could be, like, a league ahead of everyone else. And the first best person's the league ahead of me. And like, like the division of like so big, do you know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. the levels of the game that I was talking with him because he also has a, a good amount of wrestling experience and some jujitsu experience. He's pretty good. I was telling him, I'm like, yeah, don't you feel like when you train one martial art that like it carries over into another one? Like there's a lot of similarities with like stance angles, leverage. He's like, Oh, a hundred percent. He's like, that's the problem with a lot of MMA guys as opposed to like traditional martial arts guys. Like, old like guys that grew up like doing karate, you learn like all these stance switches. You learn like all these different ways to pivot. You get good at both sides. He's like, and you have like this colored belt system. That's very like curriculum and systemic base. That's a long play. Like you're not just trying to get your orange belt. You're trying to get your black belt over, you know, a specific amount of time. He's like, when MMA guys come in, they don't care about that. They just want to be good right now and work, whatever their game is right now. As opposed to thinking like, no, how will I be best in six mm. years or seven years? You know, and he's like, that, that's the biggest problem.
1: We would like to thank one of our sponsors, Protect Your Neck MMA. It's like the Wu-Tang song. They have a lot of great rash guards and shorts, make great gifts. If you go to our Instagram page, philosophy underscore fighting, you'll find the link to Protect Your Neck. MMA and you'll get a 15% discount on any of the goods that they sell. Tell Michael Shear, the owner that you know us great people. These are created by jujitsu guys for jujitsu guys or any combat sport and fans of nineties hip hop. All right. Cheers. Yeah. And that reminds me of a video I saw just about like how the application of martial arts will impact so many other things. So did you hear about that story in South Korea where like 150 kids died in that crowd surge? Oh,
0: yeah. I saw the headline. Didn't see anything beyond that.
1: Okay. So in South Korea, there was like a big Halloween party and just kind of like the parades you would see in like New York City, big cities. And then there was like a little alleyway where people kind of got kind of went into the party. And, and there's even TikTok videos and Instagram videos of people there that were like laughing they're like oh my god this shit is so tight and but they didn't think it was serious and then it just got tighter and tighter oh, and man. tighter scary and like 150 people died in this like tiny little block and they showed some studies that were fascinating where like if you're just standing up and then like six seven eight like 15 people start surrounding you it's like something like four hundred pounds of pressure that are on you. So it's like imagine like laying on the floor and four, five, six people just lay on that other person on top yeah, of you.
0: dude, I always hated that shit when people did like pile ups and stuff. Yes, like as exactly. a dude, I hated that shit. That was automatic fight for me.
1: So when you're standing up, it's basically the same premise. And in this video, it actually showed interesting things too, where they would like put like fifteen people standing up together. And then one guy would just push one guy into that crowd of like 15 people and you would see all 15 people moved. they were like, holy shit. Like they didn't think that would happen, but it's like an accident. Like one accident to the other, accident to the
0: other. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. yeah. Like mm-hmm. it just happens.
1: And so then they're talking about like, well, what do you do when you're in like that type of crowd?" I think the same thing happened with one of these rappers, Travis Scott or something like eight people.
0: Oh, did. and like the crowd or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So this can happen.
1: And it happens in a lot of places mm-hmm. uh, a lot of temples in like asia and stuff like this happens to religious festivals and like hundreds of people will die but they said the proper stance to defend yourself from this is very much like a boxer's stance or a fighter's stance where you put your arms like elbows tight above you like like where your face ready but the forearm and like the elbow it's like a frame So now you have like the frame against Mm. some people. And when you spread your legs further apart, it creates just that much more space. Yes. And it it goes from like six, 700 pounds of pressure to like 150. And it's like, and it is a fight for your life. And I just thought that was like, so interesting how they played that, where maybe a boxer or fighter would have naturally gone into that stance, you know, they were in there and like, who knows if it saves their life so it doesn't have to even be like a fight it's just like your body language and how i think the same thing like i tend to think if you know how to fight or at least any athletics like you have better body language you have better body language you're more attractive to like other people like it, it, you're more likely to maybe get a job like i just feel like there's those positives but then there's that life and death thing and like when they said they went into that like boxer stance and that's what they called it even i was like holy
0: shit oh that's interesting yeah i mean a jujitsu guy would probably frame up naturally i mean that's jujitsu right frames so yeah to hear that it makes complete sense and it's kind of that's really cool to hear and this
1: is nbc news so maybe they would have said jujitsu and wrestling if they like, but in their head, they're like, "Oh, like." Fighting. Yeah. But boxing. I think I think it was just like a fighter stance, like mm-hmm. good balance, like legs separated a little bit, and like your hands yes. up and tight, but not so tight where you're you're not going to be able to crush yourself. The tight where it's just you have greater force. If your hands mm-hmm. are just extended fully, maybe they snap back in, and now you're in a bad. But no, just keep it tight and protect yourself.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. Wow.
1: Yeah. So another positive reason why you should. Train fighting,
0: um, I'm fighting. Speaking of which, I started training my five-year-old. He's going to be six years old next week, actually. Jackson. Amazing! And how just, is he? Just showing him some like basic stuff. He loves it because he loves when I do it to him and the speed uh-huh. at which. And he loves like when I do it really fast, like the speed at which he's like marvelled by it. And so I teach him the steps. He does the steps, and he does it fast to me, and he likes it because he's just you know rolling around with me essentially. But, what were you uh, showing yeah, the, him? What was the, the first beginning. thing? So the first thing I showed him is what a post is. You post on their shoulder, you post on their head, as means of you know keeping someone away from you, right? You stiff okay. arm a guy, right? We call it it's posting in wrestling, right? So I teach him how to post. Like, okay, now post against me. Like, do you know how to? Do you know how I get rid of this? He's like, how? So I swam inside his arm and then grabbed his wrist. Like, see how I got rid of your post? He's like, whoa. <laughs> so you are pushing hard, right? Like, yeah, cool. And then I showed him from, you know, that same side wrist grab. I, my opposite arm reached around his arm. I reached around his elbow and I did an arm drag to take his back. So I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna do it really fast. Post on me really hard. He posts, he's pushing and boom, 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 boom. I'm on his back. He's laughing hysterically. <laughs> he's like, that? He thinks it's like magic, you know what I mean? He's like, oh my gosh. So now he does it to me. You know, like we teach, go back and forth. Like now when someone posts on your shoulder, they post on your head you know how to get rid of it and you know how to get on their back right it and is then, magic yeah it is and he's like i can't like and then now he gets so excited he's like grandma look at this you know like Aww. he shows just shows everyone you know what i mean That's it's amazing. pretty cool yeah and each day now he's asking me oh can we do it i'm like all right yeah sure and then today i showed him like a duck under i'm like okay here's what a collar tie is when you grab around someone's head so the first time like, it's called a collar tie and look what i can do with it and i snap him down to the floor He's like, oh, whoa, you know, like, like, okay, now you do it to me. he does it to me. I'm like, okay, do you know how to stop this now? He's like, no. And so I show him the duck under, you hit the elbow, change the level, get under and around them. He's like, whoa. So now he does it too. You know, so like, all right, he's learning wrestling now. That's amazing. So Just little things, especially things of like, I want like the self-defense aspect for him. You know, like if someone grabs him in some particular way or pushes him, I want him to be able to respond well. Yeah, the
1: swim move is good. I think it's funny mm-hmm. you taught him the arm drag because whenever I play with my little cousins, mm-hmm. that's the first thing I teach them too.
0: They love it. The I, I think there's also just, just something twist them around really fast. Like, whoa, you know, like, yeah, there's something about that that they love.
1: Yeah, just grab this, grab this, and pull. It's just easy, and it's fun. I, I don't know. It's cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but it's already in his head. And then I taught him, like, a bunch of strikes and stuff too. And He's been doing them like I'll see him like just outside like throwing kicks and stuff and I'm like, oh, this is so funny
1: that's he's gonna get good he's gonna get he's just so goofing good.
0: around hopefully you know we'll see
1: well I he don't enjoys wanna, like, it put now. too much
0: pressure on him or throw too much at him too soon and then he gets burned or anything
1: no, like that. you let him play now and just get yeah, better, and better and better just have fun and, with it yeah, exactly by the time he's thirteen then he might be like, holy shit, I'm actually pretty good at this already.
0: You know? right that, that's the plan i was like i used to think like oh i'll put him in classes real early and stuff but then i'm like no like i don't want to force it i kind of would like to just like teach him my kind of way for a little while sure and then if he really wants to get into it i want him to come to me i almost want to make it almost like forbidden for a while so he wants to do it more mm, yeah exactly and give it you know what i mean Like just teach Plus, him to give him a little base like things that he's interested in I'm like, oh, if you really want to do this, nah, you got to be 13 to do. Like, you know, like want like, some like, <laughs> yeah, you know, motivation for it. Oh, you got to be able to do 40 push-ups first, or you know, what I mean, like, just whatever.
1: Plus, if he plays other sports like soccer, football, basketball, like you're learning so many things about your body anyway. Yeah. And you're
0: getting stronger. Yeah, he wants to play soccer. He's really interested in that lately.
1: Yeah, and then know how to play with the team, know how to, like, discipline, yeah. getting tough. Like, I think sometimes those team sports will then help you get better at, at like, being singular, like, you know? And, like, understanding, right. like, what it means to
0: right. yeah, move. But even in the terms of, like, teaching wrestling as opposed to jiu-jitsu to him, like, yes, I think it's better for him to know, but I also think it's more fun for him. Like, there's no <laughs> mm-hmm. way I know him. There's no way he would hold interest in learning an armbar. There's no way. Yeah, ju- yeah. But the speed of the wrestling, like the, you know what I mean? Like just rolling, like that's something that a boy likes, you know? So it's different. There's
1: too many details in Jiu-Jitsu. Like wrestling is a little bit like, yo, take them down. Yeah. Like just have, because you could tell, sorry, same thing about, like just hit him. Like, you know, just take him right. down. But then if you go yeah. tell somebody like kind of choke them or armbar them, it's like, why? Well, I, I don't sure. really know what to do.
0: Mm-hmm. That is, all the moves that. are always like two to three step wrestling moves. That's it yeah Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the simplicity i like what well, i mean excited. this is this is like the pinnacle of my life at the moment i'm like yes like the moment has happened you know what i mean like amazing yeah it's a it's a great moment great week for me that
1: means sawyer's not too far behind because he's gonna see his big brother doing it he's gonna be like yeah i got it i got yeah, it exactly and plus sawyer's gonna get fucked up because Yep. Jackson's gonna do it to him he's yep. gonna like go.
0: Oh, let me show you something so yes exactly <laughs> I'm just gonna train them to just mess each other up yeah oh it's amazing so that way if they do have an altercation it's legit you know
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna be a very technical fight amongst the brothers
0: alright let's settle who's right you can just start recording you know <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> crazy sure.
1: oh I love it man congrats Yeah.
0: that's thanks. wonderful that's wonderful yeah. Hi, right, you want to talk about UFC? We've got a big one this weekend. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for it. I don't know if I'm that excited for it. That's why I said kind of. Okay, it's not like the last one, but it's still pretty solid. Oh, it's very solid.
1: I just have been, not. I don't want to say let down by Izzy fights, but they just haven't been so like exciting. Mm, okay,
0: even if you scratch the Izzy fight, you got... Dan Hooker on the card, Frankie Edgar, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Whaley Zhang, Carlos yeah. Barza. like they're all good fights.
1: Yeah, they're they're good fights. It's you just did, solid. You know, on
0: the on the prelims, you got Brad Riddell versus Hanato Moicano, great fight. Dominic Reyes, Ryan Spann—Reyes is great fight. Reyes is on the prelim. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, twelve and three, and Ryan Spann is coming off a huge knockout win too. Like, dude, it's pretty freaking good.
1: Matt Frivola. He's fighting. He follows yep. us on Instagram.
0: He's That's good awesome.
1: as well. I'm rooting for him. So I hope Frankie wins. So this is his retirement fight. They gave him yes. fight in New York. MSG. Nope. Good for Frankie. Chris Gutierrez. Do you know anything about this guy? Is he a killer?
0: Chris Gutierrez is a very big rising star. Yeah.
1: Oh, so they didn't give it, Frankie. A, no, a layup. they did
0: not do Frankie any favors at all.
1: Oh, I hope they're not trying to uplift. The UFC's ruthless like this, but I guess it's fair. Chris, I'm sure works hard too to get good. So beating Frankie is a feather in his cap. Yeah, I hope Frankie wins those last fight. I don't know if there's been like a tougher fighter than Frankie Edgar. He won the 155 belt. And he was small then. There was just no 145 division or 135 division then. Mm -hmm. And he would have definitely won those divisions back then. He could have probably been 135 and 145 champ back then, especially when he's younger and it's easier to cut weight and you're like a little smaller. Right. Frankie is definitely an all-time great Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah. the good. Yeah, he's incredible. Gutierrez, they come from like the same region. They're both Jersey guys. So I'm wondering if they've had any training together at any point interesting because gutierrez has been in the game for a little while now too he's been fighting since let's see he was a pro in 2013
1: yeah and he's 18 and three and two so he's had a lot of yeah. fights
0: o- outside of his draw that was a couple of years ago he's on a one two three four five six fight win streak wow yeah and you know like in the ufc he's got if you count the ultimate fighter, which I would. Yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This will be his ninth UFC fight. Like, he's very good.
1: All right. Let's see how it goes. I'll be rooting for Frankie, but I guess if Chris wins, like, good. Build your name. And yeah. At least it's another Jersey guy, another New England Northeast fella.
0: He's a small guy, though. Like, like Frankie fought it lightly. I know this is featherweight. I think this is a featherweight fight, right? No, this has bantamweight. Oh, it's bantamweight. Okay, so Frankie's fighting at bantam. That makes sense, because Chris Gutierrez has, like, all of his fights at bantamweight. I think he's had, like, a couple at feather. Yeah, some catchweight. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Our boy Frankie. Yes. How do you feel about this Dustin Poirier-Chandler fight? Good in that Poirier is finally fighting again. I feel like it's been forever since I've seen him fight. Has it but... really been forever? I don't know. It feels like that. But yeah, it I'm... feels like that, but... Yeah, I'm happy because I want to see how he's aging, how he's doing. And I, I think it's a very even fight. I feel like Poirier just
1: fought in December. did any he fight Oliveira in December? Was that December? I think so. I'm going to look
0: it up right now. I mean, December is o- almost a year ago, though.
1: Yeah, almost a year. That's not terrible for some That's of these guys. pretty long. Yeah, December 11th. December okay. 11th. So almost a year. All right. And prior to that, he fought six months before that, and before that it was six months before that, and before that it was six months before that. So he's been steady. Yeah, he's been pretty steady.
0: All right. He's 33, all right. you gotta rest the body a little bit. You do, and I know he's trying to just like make money and have big fights. Yeah. This is, I, I, yeah. This is a good match.
1: Chandler scares me more than anybody in that division, just because he just built like a
0: fucking brick shit
1: house. Like, you know, he's, yes, he's jacked he's and explosive.
0: Yeah, knockout power, great wrestling. Dustin Poirier is way more crafty, though.
1: I was going to say Chandler's weakness is he does want to entertain the fans. So he's not doing what he's best at, and he fights sometimes just like a Mm -hmm. brawler.
0: I would would pick Dustin to win, but it's by a small margin.
1: Yeah, that power always scares me, but I, I feel the same way. I would bet on Dustin, but I would not be surprised if Chandler clocks him. But Chandler's had some wars recently. Yeah, Right? Like, Gagey was Gagey his last fight. Like, that was, that seemed like the type yeah. of fight that takes like years off your life.
0: Yeah, we'll see, man. Chandler's, he, I mean, he might just be built different.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, yes. if there is anybody built different, it's fucking Mike Chandler. He is just fucking jacked and strong and fast. Yeah, and I feel explosive. like those, like, like, on stout he beat Tony Ferguson. Wrestlers are like that. Yeah. So he lost to, he lost, Oliver, he lost to Olivera, he lost to Gagey, but they he beat Tony. Yeah. He, we'll I, but I did, he was losing the first round of the Tony Ferguson fight, and the last Tony Ferguson fight showed us Tony Ferguson is not good anymore. So maybe uh, Chandler's not that good either. The only person yes. he's beat, like, that makes me want to go more on the Poirier side, where Poirier is crafty, like you said, like good, strong mm-hmm. jabs, like smart. Yeah. Poirier's weakness is just great grappling. Yes. I don't I don't see Chandler choosing to use his grappling.
0: Have you seen the video of Islam making fun of Poirier's grappling? No. What, what There's a doing? video that like DC is talking to Islam and something along the lines where like DC is defending Dustin. He's like, Bro, he's a black belt. And Islam's like, Come on, come on, black belt. These they give these belts come come on. Like he just like shitting on Dustin. He's like, this it's not black belts, you know. Yeah, I guess there's, like, like day, levels to the 30. game. Yeah.
1: When Tom's out is tapping out, like, black belts and shit, you know, it's, like, difficult. And Khabib's, like, a blue belt. But, like, but mm-hmm. yeah. Belts don't mean everything. But sure. still, I think Dustin is – Dustin gets, what, tapped by Charles Oliveira and Khabib? Like, who doesn't get tapped by those people? Yes. Like, it's
0: –
1: 100%. They're just all-time greats. Like, you're going to get tapped to them. At yep.
0: least he made them work way to the third round, you know? Like – So there's a few interesting matches like, yeah, Frankie Edgar's retirement, Dustin Poirier, Chandler are fighting for like basically the relevancy in the lightweight division, like who might be getting near a title shot. I also think this is really interesting. I think the Dan Hooker match is interesting because like he hasn't been doing so well. And to beat a guy that's 13 and two, Claudio, that that will be interesting to see. Like, is he done or not? That's Dan. Yeah, yep. Then you have Carla Esparza versus Whaley Zhang. Can Carla Esparza be like the champ? You know what I mean? Whaley exactly. is a tough and can she reclaim it, Whaley Zhang?
1: And I feel like Whaley is getting better. She's
0: I pick Whaley Zhang to win this. I think she's getting better. I think her wrestling with Suhudo is showing that now. In her last fight, she looked like the old Whaley. I think that's gonna be tough to deal with for Esparza. <laughs> We'll see. Who knows? Carlos Paz is the best wrestler in that division, so maybe she handles Zang. like mm-hmm. that. It's very interesting fight. It's one of the more interesting fights to me on the entire card, mm-hmm. like like style wise. Then with Izzy and Alex, we've we've gone over this before. Will it be boring? I doubt it. I don't
1: think it's gonna be boring either.
0: Yeah, but maybe that's just the kid in me, like rooting for it. You know what I mean? These there's there's two losses between like each guy's one loss. You know, like. It's still a mega fight. They fought each other before. S- They're kickboxers. So,
1: do you see it being mostly stand up? Yes. Do I you do. see if there was a bet that Izzy goes for at least one takedown? Do you take that bet?
0: No, I wouldn't. Unless really? I odds on it.
1: Izzy's definitely going for one takedown just yeah. to show people he can, and maybe later in the fight or in the beginning to like psych out Alex. But I, I would bet Izzy goes for at least one, but not. Because I think Izzy has pride in grappling. He just gotcha. never uses it. But yeah, I think maybe. he does have
0: pride in it. Maybe. I wouldn't. It would be a great game plan to do that. I would say that. But I don't think he's, he's just too rangy. Like, I don't think he's going to be aiming for that.
1: Izzy threw up a triangle on Gastelum. You know? Oh, so yeah. I, I feel like he might be like, let me just.
0: If, Dude, if I, Izzy's I doing well in the grapple. fight, he's going to do it. I've seen him grapple Andre Galvao and his grappling is a lot better than people would think. Kind of like how everyone was surprised about Sean O'Malley. I think people would be surprised about Izzy too. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know if those styles clashing is going to result in that. I don't know.
1: So it's whatever. We agree that it's going to be majority kickboxing. Yeah. So where do you, where
0: do you place
1: the odds? Cause if it is majority kickboxing, to you, it's got to be a close fight, no? Because Alex is the more recent
0: kickboxer. Yeah, but that's irrelevant in MMA though. But
1: how is it irrelevant
0: if they're not going to go for takedowns and they're just going to kickbox? Because it's not, you still, you're still standing differently because of the takedowns. You're still but, moving but you, differently because you're in a king, in a raid cage and not in a ring.
1: But it's the threat of the takedown. But if they don't think that they're each going to go for the takedown, maybe they're not scared at all for the takedown. And they really
0: just make it like a kickboxing match. If you make your stance that open enough, then for sure Izzy will go for a takedown. I just don't think that's going to play out like that.
1: See, I don't, even if Izzy does go for the takedown, I think Alex is also like, I've been training with Glover and I've probably been getting Glover off of me. So no way Izzy, I don't think they each respect each other's grappling. Yeah, that's for
0: sure. I, I I can see that, yeah. So I think kind of they're going to be like in their kickboxing stances. I think they both respect each other's kickboxing though. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you're going to see a kickboxing stance, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I'm saying that they respect each other's kick fighting too so they're gonna be in kickboxing stances because that's the thing that the each person is more dangerous with so who gives a fuck if izzy tries to take me down and who gives a fuck if alex tries to take me down i'll get back up which is what they both feel so let me just be a fucking kickboxer because i don't want to switch my stance and then get fucking head kicked yeah not thinking like you know what i mean like you want to lose to their best version Mm. not their second best which makes me think, like, right now the odds are Alex plus 140 and Izzy minus 166. Yeah. At that, isn't Alex a better bet if it is, like, 50-50?
0: I don't think it's 50-50. Why not if Alex already beat
1: him twice? Because
0: I think the first one was bogus. Why was it bogus, in your opinion? Because he won a decision that he didn't win that fight.
1: It wasn't two knockouts? No. Okay, so I was wrong. All right. So yeah, one was, was a, a decision. decision
0: yeah like, and the decision definitely went the wrong way. like I, are you a hundred percent positive as the decision? Yeah yeah, yeah, I watched that fight, yeah, okay, um yeah, and then the second fight, of course, is a knockout. like it's definitely you know, Alex won that fight, but before that knockout, Izzy was winning that too. so you know what I mean? yeah he was winning that one, yeah. it's one of those ones where it's like you saw the the better kickboxer lose by knockout, but he's the better technician. So I'll always go with skills over the power, but especially because the first fight, I thought Izzy won too, and now you give him the MMA experience, the cage, like, I just think it's Izzy's time.
1: Okay, so Izzy lost to him in 2016 and 2017 was the knockout. It's been five years since then. Yeah. Do you think it's possible that some of Izzy's kickboxing has gotten slightly, I don't want to say rusty, but He's no. been having to train everything. Where Alex Pereira for a while just started getting into MMA. So his kickboxing is more fresh. Do you think that can play out where right now he's sharper in that
0: game? No, Izzy's a striker in the cage and he's still going to be a striker in the cage. I think you're looking at it too compartmentalized. Yeah. Yeah. We're I'm not seeing a try. kickboxing match. But yeah, no, I, I get it. Look, Pereira, to, to me, like I look at this as like a 70 30 Izzy. Okay, I wouldn't say 70-30. So, to me, in terms of chances of winning, or maybe even greater, actually, but I think it's a really? narrow margin. Do you know what I mean? Like, he'll win barely, but I'm pretty sure he'll win barely. Okay, I get what you're saying. That That's what I'm trying to, like, get across. Like It's like, sometimes you'll bet on the guy that, like, wins by decision. Like, yeah, it might be a split decision, but he's definitely taking the decision. You know what I mean? I think Close someone's guy. getting... I think someone's getting knocked out.
1: It, it could happen and it could go either way. I think someone's going to get knocked out. And I would put my
0: odds at like 58 42. Izzy. Wow. Okay. Pereira definitely respects Izzy less than Izzy respects Pereira. And I think that could be a big downfall for Pereira.
1: Oh, I just looked up FanDuel's. They said they give Alex Pereira a 42% shot. So the same. Oh, <laughs> 40, they they do 40, 41.6, they said. But yeah. How funny. Uh, so you said Izzy respects Pereira more than Pereira respects Izzy? 100%. You don't think Pereira respects Izzy? No. 0. Why, why do you feel that? I haven't been watching interviews or anything, so I don't know. Oh, Who he made did.
0: fun of like how Izzy was training recently with the tennis ball. Like Pereira made like this whole video that mocked him, like made fun of him right. for it. Mm. And then like Pereira has said things too where like also when Pereira knocked out Izzy, his son like basically got in the ring and paraded and like Made fun of Izzy in the ring, like really? if my son ever did that, I'd kicked the shit out of him, like Pereira did yeah, you're the not the fight about it, like Pereira laughed about it, like, yo, you're a piece of shit, all right, I get what you're saying. I don't yeah. know if I love that stuff about no, I don't love that, Izzy does that take away from his fighting? Of course not, but do I think he doesn't respect Izzy a thousand percent zero respect, Izzy sometimes I think. That does
1: affect your fighting if you're, like, a piece of shit. Like, eventually, it Maybe. catches up to you. But I don't, I'm not saying he's a piece of shit just because his kid was, like, annoying. Sure. I don't, I don't want to put that on people. But the
0: way you made fun of Izzy, even in the training video and stuff, you're like, oh, man. like.
1: I think sometimes, yeah. though, they're, like, told to do that Maybe. now because that gets hits. Like, it's annoying. Yeah, I don't like that shit. Mm-hmm. I don't like that shit. We'll have to see. Yeah. I think all the post-fight interviews, he seemed very respectful even though he's been brutally knocking people out. <laughs> but All right, you got me more pumped up about this UFC now that now it's that we're discussing it. it. I mean, I was definitely going to watch it and I was like looking yeah. forward to it, but it also just feels fast compared to the last one. Like I'm still coming down from UFC
0: 280. Oh yeah. What about Jake Paul Anderson Silva?
1: Oh, that didn't happen.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're <laughs> it didn't happen
1: as soon as he got knocked down i literally just closed my computer and i was like i'm going to bed and i just went to bed like i didn't wait like i wasn't gonna watch any decision or anything it was just like <laughs> i was like this didn't happen this is uh, so annoying like oh
0: well anderson looked pretty, pretty good before the knockout
1: anderson was looking pretty good and he was it's Seemed like he was really trying to hurt Jake Paul, which is what I—that's all I wanted, you know, like him to take it seriously. And it felt like a serious fight, not the first round. But that's every Silva fight. Okay, sure. Okay, I didn't care about all about the first round. I felt like he was reading him, and he was—he just felt so confident. Like, okay, let maybe Jake Paul tire out a little bit. Let me get the range, his Mm -hmm. timing. And I felt like Silva was winning a decent amount of rounds. Then I was like, holy shit, Jake is doing pretty decent. And then that knockdown though, just like hurt my heart. Yeah, that was
0: it. Yep, same here. It's like, come on. I at least wanted it to be a decision that was like tough. After the knockdown, you're like, oh, now it's for sure, Jake. Exactly. Yeah.
1: If Silva wins that round, it's tough, right? Maybe he wins the fight. Correct. It was close. What would, yeah. I don't remember the, the exact rounds. Cards,
0: the scorecards, I think, had Jake up by like three rounds or two rounds really? or whatever. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was a little more than I think it should have been. Maybe it would have been more controversial with as like a Jake win, but at least you're like, ah, oh, I thought Silva won that fight. You know, like that would have still been more respectful, like helpful for us as MMA fans, maybe. But yeah, the knockdown, you're like, ah, oh, dang. So he, but I mean, he, it was still great. He took out aspirin, then he took out Woodley. Yes.
1: And now he beat Anderson Silva.
0: Yes. Which, so he, is, it, you know, it does suck, but he is a good boxer. But I think, like, the bigger takeaway from watching that fight was that, okay, Jake has some cardio. He definitely wants to yes. win. He's taking this serious. Yeah. He My got better. bigger takeaway is, bro, at 48 years old, Anderson Silva is a fucking monster. Yes. It's 48, not 47. He's Yeah, even okay. better. R- whatever. What, uh, yeah, exactly. There was like combos that Jake threw where just Silva's head movement just made him miss the whole time. And you're just like, bro, to have that reaction timing at that age, like that's just incredible. Yeah. Man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He Silva looked good. He definitely wasn't embarrassed like Woodley or Askren. Of course. And it was yeah. a close fight. Yep. A few years earlier, maybe. Yeah, but wins, and at least yeah, it shows that Jake Paul is training hard. So, yeah. what do you what do you think is next? Do you think he takes on Diaz? Like, because that means now, hundred percent, Now I'm like, fuck, he's gonna beat Diaz because Diaz looked terrible against Ferguson,
0: and there's I no way you, Diaz. I, I said that he would beat Diaz, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, if it was before the Silva fight, I think it would have been a lot closer, but. After he beat Silva, who's
1: much bigger than Diaz, and probably faster than Diaz and a better athlete mm, than Diaz is right technician
0: now. than Diaz, yes. It's
1: like, oh, Where before, I think Diaz could have muscled him. But the Diaz-Tony Ferguson fight just made me feel bad. Yeah. So that felt like that should have been a retirement fight. Like, Diaz is not that good anymore. Mm-hmm. He's, Tony Ferguson's not that good anymore. Mm-hmm. Jake's too young and strong. I do not want to see Diaz
0: get planted. Yeah, I, I think... I think that's going to happen, but we'll see. I think that's the next fight that they're going to make, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. Jake Paul, I can't believe he's just fucking up all these MMA fighters. It's so annoying.
0: Good on him, man. I don't know. I know. It'd be nice to see some boxers, <clears> though. <throat> yeah. We'll see.
1: I mean, if, you've, if Jake Paul fought a boxer, though, I don't know if I'd care because I don't really know any boxers.
0: You know, no, like, no. if he fought like one of the more popular boxers.
1: Yeah, but the, the popular boxers are too good. Like, the only boxers I know are champion level boxers. So I kind of like this mini sideshow thing where I'm like, I know these people, they should be able to win like against Jake Paul. And then they keep losing. Like they're sucking me
0: in. Mm. Speaking of a Paul brother, you know, Logan Paul got hurt in wrestling. He had like a big match this weekend. So no. what's his face? He had, he had, he had a viral video of him recording himself on his phone as he jumped off the top rope through the uh, table like a frog splash and it was a pretty cool point of view thing to do. And a very Logan Paul esque thing to do, but apparently in the match, he tore up his knee. He's going to need surgery. He's going to be out a little bit.
1: Oh, all right. Whatever. They're doing well
0: for themselves. Oh yeah. They're doing great. But yeah, I mean, Paul brothers, I mean, I mean, that, that sucks, but overall pretty fucking good year.
1: Yeah. And I saw GSP even said something like if Jake is serious about a fighters union, I'll help him with that. And GSP is officially out of his UFC contract. So we did have that episode where we went from hating Jake Paul to being like, yo, what he's saying about Dana White and like the UFC is exciting and like it is theatrical. I don't know if Dana Dana commented on this fight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to see Nate Diaz. I'd rather see him fight like, I think think it's going to happen. I think
0: after Nate, then it might go into like, if he has like a big finish on Nate then maybe you see him versus a boxer that's maybe you've heard of him or like there's they find the angle to like sell it. I want him to fight somebody like good, like
1: a Robert Whittaker, somebody that's like young in their prime Mm. and a striker. Like that would be like. Yeah, maybe that is the
0: next step. Who knows?
1: Something like that. Yeah. Diaz just feels like he's going to smash him where I want it to be like a little bit closer.
0: I agree. And level of competition. All right. We covered a lot of things tonight, man. I think that's a lot.
1: Yeah, good talk.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Like always, we've been doing this kind of every other week, so we're catching up on a little bit more each time. But yeah, check out our Instagram. If you haven't yet, we're definitely posting a lot there. Yeah, you find some cool stuff.
1: Later, skaters.
0: Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.
1: Hey guys, this is Anoop. I'm sure you've heard. I have a startup called Renta. You can visit me at rentacom R-E-N-T-A-H.com. The idea is you could rent any type of goods, service, or space. So you could rent a... Arturo to teach you Brazilian Jitsu, or you could rent, uh, my friend Andy to, uh, set up your podcasting equipment for your next gig, or you could rent, uh, the philosophy of fighting podcast to, uh, promote a commercial on our podcast or some gear, right? Like our friend, Michael Shear did, if you want some Wu-Tang apparel. So, uh, check out Renta. It would mean a lot to me. Cheers.